0: Breaker on this is Shark Pants Free Radio. Gamers get your ears on because we're blowing the speakers out. dark Live. weekly webcast for all things dice dragons demons and a dwarf in the warhammer worlds don't miss our live show on thursdays but for now you've got us on sloppy seconds with our podcast with the grimdark gang it's time once again for grimdark live
1: Hey, welcome to Grimdark Live, your weekly webcast for all things Dice Dragons, Demons, and a Dwarf, and the Warhammer Worlds. I'm your host, Patrick, and as always, my co-host, Steve. What do you hear? What do you say, bud?
2: Yeah, we're going to be rounding out our conversation tonight about the Lumineff Rail
1: We are going to be doing that, man, finally. I feel like it's been kind of like a, I feel I feel like it's, you're kind of in like a one-legged potato sack race, man, with this, with this army. It's just, you know, you can't tell if you're having fun dealing with it or if it's a miserable time, but I'm really kind of happy we're kind of hitting the finish line with this one, I think.
2: You know? Yeah, it's coming to the end of this, you
1: know, release cycle. Yeah, yeah, and then you know, like I said, all, all 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 past opinions and everything aside. Well, of course, we, we still got to talk about these new, uh, <clears throat> you know, we're going to be talking about that in the news. These these uh, endless spells that they have. Um, so we'll have some. Oh, so is you that know, what they are. Yes, thank you very little, yeah. We're going to have a discussion on those on those bad boys too. But you know, we got we do we have the rumor engine. That's also in the news. We got Kesliev, the old world back. They got some bear cavalry that I know our buddy uh, Kyle is going to be really happy with. You know, he. Uh, um, he's probably running around bare right now thinking about it.
2: Well, he does that anyway.
1: Exactly, yeah. And uh, But that's going to be also, like we said here, uh, ahead of our main topic. We're also going to be uh, talking about the Lumineth Realm Lords Endless Spells and and here's another thing, Total War, Warhammer 2. We got some developments with that one too. So I've been hearing nothing but great stuff about that video game.
2: Oh, it's a phenomenal series. Um, if you are an 8th edition or you know 6th, 7th, or 8th edition player, that is the game to have.
1: Yeah, yeah, and you know, I, I think I think I like the idea that we have these different platforms to to play. Because I got to tell you, in in some ways, I do miss the rank and flank days. Uh, don't, don't get me wrong; I, I'm I'm really enjoying Age of Sigmar. This is my game. But I think if you go over and play the Total War, it kind of itches that scratch a little bit, you know, or scratches that itch. I guess the best way to put it for old rank and flank, because that's kind of the basis of the of the um of the game and you know of course we're going to be getting into a couple of released characters from the old world that are going to be talked about in total war warhammer 2 tonight
2: yeah grom the paunch is one of them
1: yeah and, uh, and Altharian the grim and right. you know in in this version he's got a griffin
2: yeah, he did back in that edition. Yeah, exactly.
1: And um, so, yeah, on top of that, we're going to be feeding into our main topic, like I said, uh, after the news of the Lumineth Realm Lords. But we're also going to be talking about the state of Forge World and those mean little bastards. No, I'm not talking about short pants, although they could be considered the ultimate short pants, the Chaos Dwarves. So we're going to be getting into those little bastards um, on the show, too. So we got um, we got a lot of stuff to get into. And as always, we got the question of the day. And the closing thoughts towards the end of the show.
0: Hey, you Grimdark goons.
1: Thank you all so much for listening to our Grimdark Live podcast. If you're new to the Grimdark Live experience or are new to our podcast and like what you hear, please follow this podcast and pass us along to your friends. Let us know what you think about Grimdark Live in the show's comment sections and let us know just how we're doing. Also, don't forget to catch us live on Thursdays. And if that ain't enough for you, check out our website at www.grimdarklive.com. That's grimdarklive.com. Anyway, thanks for listening, following, and just being awesome. So, that's what we got, my man. We are, uh, we're ready to get this show rolling. You ready, Steve? let's go so we're gonna go ahead and we're gonna start with the uh with the news as we always do and and, and here it is we are we are literally back with um <laughs> with with this again we got the rumor engine and you know i i, I don't know how you're gonna how this is gonna sit with you you know here steve But I, I want to i want to talk to you about this because we know that we were hoping it was going to be zombies last week with that rumor engine you had the sword and the the, the clawy hand holding on to it but what do you think, man? Is this a zombie flute player, an orc hand, a pipe, yeah, an orc I piper? Think that's
2: exactly what it is. a pipe Piper? It is, it is a... Um, I think we're getting new zombies. And I think that this is a zombie flute, uh, bone flute player, musician. Yeah, I think that's exactly what it is. Yeah. And I've heard people say that they think it's Nurgle, they think it's this, that. I don't think that they would put out last week, which was clearly vampires, mm-hmm. to this this week and like go a whole different route i think this is the new zombie musician yeah. for a for a new zombie unit
1: you know i was really kind of hoping that would be the case as well but after looking at the fingers here you know if you look at them you know and, and you've got you've got clearly three fingers so that got me leading back to this now now barring what i'm about to say i really still hope we're on track for soul blight i mean i i think that needs to happen um I don't know what will happen to you. If it doesn't, you you might just implode. And, and plus, we, we got that on the board, dude. You know, we got to see if your prediction for Halloween is right. And I really hope it is. But this is, let me let me show you this here, Steve. And, and here's why I'm thinking this this might actually be Nurgle. Go for it. So what I, and of course, again, folks, you know, I do this to you. I do this dirty trick to all you folks that listen to us on the podcast. You're not going to see what we're showing here on the screen, but hop on over to YouTube and see what we're talking about. Then get back the heck over to that podcast and listen to it. Um, but here it is. If you look at, if you look at the, uh, the, 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 well, there it is. You got the Nurgle musician for the unit there to the left and there to the right, you've got what looks to be the same kind of flute. So that's kind of what has me wondering if this is, this isn't Nurgle of some kind.
2: So direct your attention to in between the hands. Okay. And you will notice what looks like a beard
1: Interesting. All right, let me let me get the bigger picture. That is here.
2: what made me think it was a zombie. Because so, yeah, zombies, so you're you're seeing
1: this little section right down to the left, the bottom left.
2: The the bottom where the two all right, you see where the two hands are clasping on to the bone. Yes. The, the bone flute. Yeah. In between the hands at the bottom you see what looks like a beard coming out, as if a bearded zombie, which we have seen before in the past. Uh yeah, there you go. And you'll notice that section right there looks like a beard coming out in between the two hands as the hands are holding it up to the face.
1: Yeah, you're saying right down here in the bottom left.
2: Yep, that's a beard. Okay, that's what made me think it was a zombie. I know that Nurgle does use the bone-like musician, you know, thema- you know theme, mm-hmm. but um, I don't know. It just, I, I just get a feeling that this is. I just get a feeling that this is uh, zombies.
1: Yeah. Well, I hope it is because it's not, it's not that I don't think uh, some, some kind of deliverable for, for Nurgle wouldn't be pretty cool in itself. But I think it's time to move on. I think we need to start. I think GW needs to start closing out some of these outlier armies, i.e. Soul Blight. But, you know, honestly, Steve, I wouldn't be surprised if these reveals are actually for War Cry Season 2.
2: Oh, sure. I wouldn't. Yeah. I mean, it could be easily like a zombie, you know, from or some kind of undead creature. Yeah. I mean, for like a war cry unit. Right. But I don't think and I'm going to go back to something I said last week. If GW blows an opportunity to release a death army on Halloween, that would be, in my opinion, one of the biggest marketing blunders you could ever make.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Uh you know I mean we know that Soul Blight's in the pipeline. They teased it last week. I mean I don't think anyone everyone who's looked at that picture agrees it's a, it's a vampire holding a sword. Oh, the, you're talking War about Cry, last week. Yeah, exactly. It could it could be Warcry. Could be. Granted, but I'm hopeful that it's Soul Blight and I'm hopeful that GW is not going to blow this opportunity. So, we'll yeah. see. But yeah, you it, know what? We've been we've been wrong before and mm-hmm. we've been let down about a half a million times. Yeah. So, you know what? We'll just let the let the chips fall where they may. Yeah, we,
1: we do take many trips to an empty well. That's that's very true. But you know, yeah. honestly, like I like I the reason why I brought up War Cry season 2 in my mind, this is what I was thinking. Now, again, I hope, I hope, I hope that it's soul blight. I I really hope because I honestly that army being released if if your prediction is correct, that army being released on Halloween I, I don't know if there would be a cooler deliverable
2: ever. Yeah, it, it would be the, it would be a, an excellent marketing tool and it would, and it would be gone. Like I said, there would not be a single soul blight, uh, book, war scroll card, dice, box sets of any kind. It'll mm-hmm. all be gone day one. You won't even see it on the shelf. Yeah.
1: Weeks. Yeah. But, but I, I can't ignore the, you know, the, the big, the big ugly elephant in the room and that's, that's war cry. And, in and, and, and yeah. just here's here's what i got to say to that we saw uh a staff with a seraphon symbol on it what three maybe four weeks ago somewhere around there yeah uh then uh we know daughters of Cain is getting a warband that was in the reveal yep uh yeah we've already seen them and going back to the the soul blight uh the sword looks related uh and the flute it's questionable. Yeah. Okay. I get the beard thing. I hadn't noticed that before. So that that could be something like that. But it, it also does unmistakably look very Nurgle Flutie kind of a thing. Yeah. Um, I don't know that that phrase has ever been uttered. Nurgle Flutie. That's kind of a weird.
2: <laughs> we just heard it tonight, folks.
1: Nurgle Flutie. Okay. Uh and, and and you know honestly you know starting to look like season two of Warcry is revolving around the original armies and a way for GW to introduce new sculpts for already existing armies without going crazy so that that's that's the other side of my brain um that's the that's the kind of mild letdown, but i'll accept it side of my brain and the hopeful i wish it would happen is the other side of my brain that wants to see soul blight come out on halloween because that would just be freaking awesome yeah it would so all we can do is be hopeful yeah that's 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 really it so that's the rumor engine man that's what we have at the top of the news here on grimdark live but moving on we've got uh, we got more news about the old world that's coming back Um, Bear Cavalry. Um, and the reason why we got a gaming buddy, uh, folks, uh, Kyle, he's, he's actually the sausage King of Chicago. He's a, he's a great, great guy. He's been on our show before. He's a, he's a hell of a gamer. And, um, he has, he's doing this cool conversion with his, um, his dwarves. I guess it's for his Cities of Sigmar army where he's putting them, he's putting his dwarves riding bears, little polar bears. And it really looks pretty cool. I had never seen. And I
2: think he's using the, um, the demograph, uh, night statistics, in other words. <laughs> but he's work oh, on the bears, like in in proxy.
1: Well, that's a great idea. So we, when we first saw that, I, I, when I first saw this, um, even though it's going to be for, you know, the 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 old world, the, the squares around again. Uh, Kislev army, I thought that was pretty cool, and, I, and I'm I'm still kind of wondering if these, if this army and the other armies that are coming out, if there isn't going to be some cross pollination. Um, between the two game systems, you know, where there's going to be rules for one and rules for the other and, you know, square trays with round pegs to put your army in. And I'm wondering if that isn't going to happen to some, to some degree, but going back to this, I
2: don't think that is. Um, I think that for the old world to keep its appeal, That those models are going to be exclusive to that game system. Mm -hmm. So I don't think, honestly, that you're going to see the cross pollination. Of course, that you that you're thinking of. Right. Um, I think it's just going to remain a game unto itself, which is fine. You know, which is fine. And, And probably your older school Warhammer players, that's what they want. Yeah. You know, they don't want to see the cross pollination because let's face it. There are some guys out there that still hate and despise Age of Sigmar, That's but they true. want to play Warhammer. Right. So, you know,
1: speaking speaking of the cross pollination thing, one time I got mad at a botanist and I told him to Will go. You a-
2: stop. No, I told him to go a cross pollinate himself.
1: Moving. All right. So here it is: Warhammer uh, Old World. We got Kesley of Bear Cavalry. Um, so this is basically a new Old World update. Now, reminder here, folks: Old World is, and I want to I want to refresh this because there's been I've been seeing things back and forth on the boards that uh, you know old uncle grimdark here wants to wants to you know shore up for for all you uh, folks out there so the old world is a war game made by forge world period end of story made by made by forge world Happening oddly enough yeah but but here's the thing happening in the old world all right the project is very far from completion we already know this but they but they started the hype early okay And to be honest with you, I like the idea uh, that they started with Kislev uh, as far as an army. I know that um, a lot of folks wanted a Kislev army for a a long, long time. And I think the Bear Cavalry was really one of the selling points. I I like the concept art that you've been seeing on Warhammer Community and things they've been putting out. And
2: You only saw the Bear with a character back when they released the kislev army in sixth edition you saw a character named czar boris and he rode the bear and that was the only model they made but what a lot of guys did even back in the day is what they would do is they'd buy several of the czar boris models and they would just convert them they would just do a conversion and put like knights on them and stuff um but they looked great i mean they they were really cool models the whole kislev product line um was just fantastic back in the day a lot of guys bought into it and built beautiful armies
1: you know what i i love every once in a while on the show you 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 take us you take us on a little time machine back into the in, into the way the game was played that is so cool that you're able to just to recall that bang and and, and talk about that so so there you have it folks you know um Uh, Uncle Steve here just took you on a little bit of a of a ride back in time, so very cool, dude. That was that was that was a good way to put that. But as I said, for me, I thought it was a new concept. I actually really liked to see it, and these would have been amazing if released during Storm of Chaos, which I do remember. You kind of got me thinking about that um, when when you kind of took us all (laughs) back in time. but yeah, I, I think I think these would have been amazing if if they were released during the Storm of Chaos times, right? I mean Yeah,
2: Storm of Chaos was probably the most successful campaign that yeah. GW ever had. It was I mean, it was literally an epic event. It changed the face of the Warhammer world and yeah. we were all part of it as the gamers.
1: Yeah, I, I do agree with that. I do and, and it was it was great. I mean, you you look forward to um You look, I look forward to every game during that campaign.
2: Yeah, it was, um, I can honestly say that the best games I ever played, uh, were during that time period that, that summer of chaos, that, that storm of chaos that we had, it was, um, it was just the best of times. And, uh, that was when Warhammer fantasy was probably at its, at its peak is, you know, in the middle smack dab in the middle of sixth edition.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, so you know what's funny though is I want to stick with this for just a few more minutes here. This Kesley of Bear Cavalry, the Warhammer of the Old World. I, I got to tell you though, honestly, it, it makes me chuckle, Steve, a little bit that um, that they made a big song and dance about designing the map with the four faction flags displayed in the animation, and the first army that they're fleshing out has nothing to do with with either or any one of those four factions. <laughs>
2: Well, that's because the Tsarina and Tsar right. Boris always considered Kislev as an ally to the Empire, but never technically part of the Empire. Right? They, they. I mean, it's kind of hard to explain. They um, later on the Tsarina kind of she kind of knew that they had been annexed, if you will, into the Empire, mm-hmm. um, kind of vicariously through the war sure but they've always been a separate Empire kislev was always separate much as modern Russia always considered itself separate from the European empires
1: right yeah yeah that's that's a that's a great right way to put it so um I just thought that was kind of neat I was just kind of you know when I was when I was seeing this this stuff come out uh, in and around Warhammer community I think it was on Tuesday or Monday of last last week uh or this week, I just wanted to kind of bring that up. But but let me let's go back to one thing about this that, that's kind of got me a little bit of a head scratcher here, Steve. And I want to ask you this: Does Forge Worlds? And let's face it, I'm I'm you know guys, I'm not I'm not bagging on Forge World. I'm not taking a side here. But does Forge World's slow release schedule and prices, you know, concern you? Or if you were a, a rank and flank player or somebody that was looking to go back to this game system, would their slow release schedule and prices make you worried about the longevity of this project?
2: Uh, no, as a matter of fact, it would not be the price or the fact that they're taking, um, uh, a flow release schedule. What would concern me now is, uh, the resin.
1: Interesting. Okay.
2: I, I could care less about them taking their time on it. I wouldn't care if they took their time to, you know, 2024 to get this thing fully up and running, but, Um, the, the resin is a very difficult material to use and to work with, uh, for an amateur gamer. So if you're trying to get somebody who's new into the hobby, like trying to get them into the old world and, and they're dealing with resin. Wow, problems.
1: Yeah, and you know, and and folks, ironically enough, you know, you stick around with us for for a little bit longer here. We're going to get into you know the the state of Forge World and where they're at now as a as a as a I guess as a sidekick to the greater GW Empire and and just see you know look at their viability and, and of course we're gonna we're gonna feed into their one standing AOS army which is the Chaos Dwarves uh, that we're going to be talking about. So, but but here here's here's the last part of this, Steve. I mean this is why with it, it's two years from release, if if not more, uh, I was kind of looking at this. Um, and and there are rumors that GW are reconfiguring things to get more of a, a handle, if you will, on forge world that, uh, we've seen them shift, you know, like for instance, like the Necromunda to a quarterly release, you know, before, you know, our, our, our new favorite virus here blundered in and ruined everything. Um, you know that that could be an indication that maybe they're going to be shoring up maybe they're pricing a little bit and we're going to get into this in a little bit in our in our in our in our, in our later topic here on Grimdark Live but that could be a shoring up that maybe the deliverable schedule and the pricing is going to fall more in line with you know GW uh, I I would think so as a yeah. as, as a thought Um, and again, I would hope that there's a a lot of units ready from, from the get go, you know, followed by a a consistent stream of new stuff. Oh, if
2: they don't, it'll be an immediate flop. It it Um, would have
1: to for this stuff to really take off. Yeah.
2: You can't release this thing piecemeal. Um, it's either going to be, it's either going to have all of the old factions or at least a majority of them, or it's dead on arrival. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And and I say that because honestly, Steven, you got to agree with me here a little bit too, you know, personally, I don't really trust Forge World. To, to do that on their own i mean they haven't they haven't done it so far
2: well this time that they're that they projected this to be released may be the time that they're using to not only design these new armies or old armies if you will mm-hmm. but also to upgrade their facility That's, because yeah, the right. fans especially the fans of the old world you know guys like us who actually played in the old world they're not going to tolerate oh, well, we're going to release an army every, you know, three three months, forget it, dead on arrival. Yeah. It'll be dead on arrival.
1: Yeah, you make a great point. And, you know, and like I said, even though I don't I don't, I don't see myself going backwards uh, at this point for to rank and flank, I am happy for anything related to the old world getting miniatures for, for those fans. But, you know, the Necromunda and Blood Bowl releases, you know, those, those schedules, they don't really fill me with a lot of confidence. We'll have to see what's going to happen. I mean, I'm not even... Um, going to get into the Forge World prices. I mean, we're going to be talking about that later on the show, but I'm not going to try to contemplate what these things are going to cost. But I do, like I said, I wanted to bring this up because this is a new release. I, I love the idea of the bears and the bear cavalry. Oh, yeah. It's a great idea. Um, I, you know, as a matter of fact, going back to the old world, I think this is what the White Lions missed. They should have been riding lions, like big, big battle lions, not just the chariots. Well, that was my may, sidebar.
2: We may get something like that with Tyrion's army. I, I don't think there's any doubt in anyone's mind now. That there's I hope so. Two, well, there's going to be two high elf armies. Clearly, we have Tyrion's army that's probably, you know, on its way or it's going to be released next year or something, but you may see, you know, Lion Riders. I mean, they may go with something like that. We don't know yet.
0: Yeah. A public service announcement brought to you by Frag Factory 3D Printing. Many of us have thousands of dollars in miniatures, yet we play on flat tables with books and overturned Tupperware to act as our fantasy and sci-fi landscapes. We've all drooled over the tables we see in magazines, lush with beautifully created terrain from all genres. The crew at Frag Factory 3D Printing want to wipe that drool from your chin and put it firmly on your friends and fellow gamers when they see your setup. Alien landscapes, desert wastelands, futuristic cities, fantasy outposts, elven forests, demonic stronghold, and so much more. Find out what you've been missing by checking us out on Facebook at Frag Factory 3D Printing or send us an email at fragfactory3dprinting at gmail.com. Bring your own files or we will help you find what you've been searching for. Take your gaming to the next level with Frag Factory 3D Printing. We print life into your games. Tell them Grimdark Live sent you and your first hour of printing is free.
1: Hey gang, in all seriousness, Get your terrain on the table and get it with Frag Factory 3D Printing. And remember, tell them Grimdark Live sent you, and they'll give you one hour free. You can get them via email at fragfactory 3 dprintinggmailcom at gmail.com or their Facebook page, Frag Factory 3D Printing.
0: Frag Factory 3D Printing. Printing life into your games.
1: Now, back to the show. Well, speaking of Tyrion, we got his, uh, we got a little bit more to talk about with his twin brother and uh, his his, his yeah, Lumineth. Sure So, G.W. revealed the endless spells for Lumineth. Sadly, they are quite bad looking, folks. This is my opinion. Uh, you know, here in Grimdark Live, we don't—we don't—we don't, uh, we don't, we don't really—we're uh, uh, not—we're not on the leash of anybody. We we try to tell it like it is because we're a community-based show. Uh, Steve, you know, you don't have to—you don't have to buddy up with me, man. But what do you think?
2: Um, and I know I'm going to piss off a lot of people here, but I really don't care because my opinion and word opinion show. And so, you know, I look at this and I just see another disappointment, uh, for this army. And I know that we have guys out there that are wanting to play this army. I know there are guys out there that are looking forward to, you know, to making this part of their collection. I'm just not, and like I said, opinion. I'm just not into this army. There's nothing that I see that that makes me say. And I, and look, I'm, granted, I will admit from you know from the get go, I'm not an I'm not a high elf player. I never was a high elf player, and I have no interest in this army, even if it was a cool army. But when I look at these models, I just don't see. An Elven aesthetic, and and I know that you know we've sounded like a broken record here, you know on, on this on this show. But folks, we have to be honest. You know, we have to be honest to ourselves as guys who are offering their opinions each week. This is not Elven. I don't care what anyone says. This is not Elven. It doesn't fit the aesthetic of the Warhammer world. Yeah, there, you know, it just doesn't. And and, and, and I look at these models, and I don't see, and like I said, opinion, I don't see a carefully thought out uh, design. I just don't. Yeah, uh, I And I know I'm not the only guy who thinks this, because I've heard other guys online, and they're saying the same damn thing.
1: Yeah, and you know, I really wanted to try to be fair to this, and I'm going to be. Um, I know that we've been a little harshly critical on the deliverable, only because I was a high elf ar- uh, high elf player for for a long time, and they were my first army. Yeah, you and... have
2: street cred, you know. Um,
1: but but let's get into this. So there there are three items here that we're looking at. Uh, I know it's kind of hard to decipher what they are, but there's actually three of these, um, yeah, endless spells that are that are being released, and I'm gonna I'm gonna botch their names, but I'm gonna try to I'm gonna try to pronounce them. You have the Sanctum of Omnitoke, I believe, Omnitok, uh, the Hyetian Twin Stones, and the Rune of Petrification. Those are the three. Um, and apparently the, the Sanctum of, of Omnitok, uh, it's, a, it's a shield wall type effect, depending on the, the, the deploying rules. The, the spell could be super strong or trash. Uh, that's the ring around the rosy looking thing. Um, the Hyetian Twin Stones, uh, their charge... They charge, I guess, as you cast spells near them and and give off a buff around them. Uh, the ability that we can we can um, I can kind of show you here. Well, let, me, let me get a better close-up of, of the, the the sanctum of uh, Omnitoke. They have this. Uh, this is the shield. I, I finally picked this up. Uh, this is the shield wall type effect for the first endless spell. Uh, and again, depending on the deploying rules, the spell could either be you know pretty good or or pretty lousy. Um, the second of the three is again the haitian twin stones um and these things here uh as i said they 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 charge uh, they can charge as you cast a spell near them obviously give you some kind of a bonus or a buff around them and their ability is known as the reservoir of power that was uh shown here and um again uh that's the ability that i get uh, that gives you those buffs the the rune of of Putrefication, which is the third of the three uh i, I gotta be honest uh, it it's um it's this one here that i have i have circled it 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 looks like a mistake
2: it, it looks terrible that's a that's like that doesn't what is that i've never been more disappointed in a release for AOS. I can honestly say this is the most disappointing release for AOS that I've that I've gone through. And and I'm just happy, really happy that it's not an army that I have any interest in playing, so I can care less about it. Yeah. Um I just I can't even imagine if you had been huh, like someone like you who had been waiting for years and then this is what you're given. I mean, thank God Tyrion did not show up in this book thank god yeah so we still have hope that there's going to be quote unquote a real elven army yeah i'm sorry folks this is not it
1: and i gotta tell you this 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 i just want to stick with the rune of petrification here for a second um because i was literally i was actually kind of like i've never had flanesh well no no you know what it looks like something that my sister's kids put together in in third grade art class this
2: looks terrible yeah, like I said, I've never been more disappointed in a model release than this than this army. I
1: mean, what GW ought to do is, if you buy a T-shirt from GW, they ought to give this to you for free. <laughs>
2: I don't know, brother. You know, I, I just uh...
1: and the and the T-shirt can say, you know, I use this endless spell and alls I got with this lousy T-shirt. I mean, but l- l- here's the thing about the ability. Let me show you this one. It's called Turn to Stone. And I gotta tell you, <laughs> this feels really strong. And I don't know if they if they looked at the, the the model and went, all right, Frankie, we gotta we gotta fix this thing here. Because this the 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 ability turned to stone at the start of the movement phase and at the end of the movement phase, roll a dice for each unit that's within six inches of this model. On a four plus, that unit suffers D3 mortal wounds. In addition, subtract one from run and charge rolls for units within six inches of this model. The ability has no effect on Lumineth Realm Lord units. So that, that feels really strong. And and Lumineth are immune to it.
2: Yeah. I mean it it's nothing that's any more impressive than rules I've seen in other books. I mean Okay, great, so you're slowing you're slowing me down. What is it by one? It it doesn't matter.
1: Well, the the D three mortal wounds, I think I think look, mortal wounds like we talked about before, they're 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 king with what's happening in the game.
2: But um how many times though are you gonna use that spell and you're gonna roll a one? Well, yeah. You know what I mean? You know, over, it's like, it's overall like, and, and it's I, just like it's just like when a model has D six for damage. We immediately go to the six. You know, it's an old advertising gimmick. You know how they say two ninety nine? Right. Well, you're thinking oh, $2. No, $3 cuz it's only one penny away. Same thing is here. You know, it, when we're talking like oh, it does D6 damage. We always think oh, it can do 6 damage when in fact on average you're probably going to roll a 2. Yeah. No. A 2 or a 3. Yeah. This one here, I mean, you know you're going to be rolling ones left and right and you wasted all those points on something that's that does virtually nothing to your opponent.
1: Yeah. You know, and and folks, you know, uh, this is this is my opinion. I I, I care about uh, the community, the game uh, a lot more than just just chuck and dice. What, what this what this game and this hobby does. So I, I'm I'm being sincere. If I liked it, I would be I'd be all over it. I'd be promoting it. Um, but I'm really disappointed in how these spells look. I understand the intent of having you know magic worlds floating and all that la di da. But 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 this isn't working. You know, although the the Lumineth release does remind me uh, of a story, uh, you know, um, that I'm I'm not going to get into right now. But um, yeah, I guess I'll just you know, I I was, I was yeah, I don't even know what to say. I'm completely like, I my, my my verbal tires completely just went flat.
2: <laughs> I'll just I'll just put it this way, you know, Pat and I have always said that this show is. Kind of like when we've had a long day of gaming, we go over to the restaurant, we sit around a table, a bunch of us guys, and we just, you know, BS about the game. We just talk about the game. We talk about our thoughts and our and our opinions. You know, so don't take any offense if we say something, you know, if, we, if like we're dogging this army and we really don't, you know, and you really love it. If you really love the army, go ahead and buy it. I mean, no one's saying you can't buy it. No one's saying you shouldn't buy it. I'm just saying that when when i'd been sitting there for 3 4 years wondering what do high elves look like in this new world this is not it
1: no no that's
2: all we're saying and i think pat yeah. you probably agree with me I, I do and
1: you know folks i'm going to agree with with steve you know you go ahead you know if you like this army uh, great sure. if it, buy it, we are going to make fun of you if i if i see you at a table no, i I'm, 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 enjoy... I'm going to i'm going i'm kidding i'm kidding i'm not going to no, make gonna fun of
2: you i'm going to enjoy playing against it am I'm, I'm not yes. saying i'm yeah. not going to like playing against it and i know guys out there right now in our group who are going to Mm -hmm. be playing this army and they're probably, it's probably going to be a damn good army.
1: Yeah. No,
2: I, I trust me. It is going to be great. It is. Is it an army? Is it an army that you envision people playing two to three years down the road? Like, is it going to be that army that is going to last in the long run? I don't think it is. Even with the strike twice, You know that that ability, that lightning, that lightning ability, that lightning speed ability, where they can have two units strike in the you know as as one choice. Mm -hmm. It it, still, a person has got to be able to stay interested. And I'm telling you right now, as soon as the Tyrian army comes out, and we know it's going to be more of a war based army, this is more of a defense magic looking army. Obviously, exactly. um, As soon as people see that, they're going to flock to that army. Yeah, and and all all players are going to flock to that army. Like you know. Like flies, do you know what? So, and,
1: and all the horny-head elves are going to be put right back on the shelf and on eBay. And I,
2: I guarantee it. I yeah. guarantee it because yeah. it's going to be more even. No matter what it looks like, it's going to be more warlike because it's it has period. to be. It has to be. And, and you know, yes.
1: and, and 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 here's the thing. Let, let's let's try to let's try to lighten it up here a little bit. You know, honestly, you know what this reminds me of? It Reminds me of this one time I, I met I met this girl.
2: Right. Oh God, will you
1: stop? No, but here here's the thing. And things were going great until she showed me her rune of petrification and a pair of Haitian twin stones. I got to tell you, I, I ran right for the sanctum of Amnitok. I, I just, I, I don't know what to do with you. I thought it fits. It lightened it up here a little bit. You were kind of getting grumpy. I had to do something.
2: You know what? I have to get grumpy when I look at bottles. Folks, what do you think? Like didn't, I, nephew, didn't I put that? It you... looked like your three-year-old nephew put together. Well, hey, you, you get it?
1: You know, she showed me the, her rune of petrification and a yeah, pair yeah,
0: of Haitian twin that, stones. That you that, get, that, huh? That. Come on. Hey, that was good <laughs> stuff. Yeah. I yeah. you know,
1: I came up with that on the fly.
2: I keep telling you, you're Bob Hope's younger brother. No hope. Let's move on.
1: <laughs> hey gang. I wanted to take a break in today's show to introduce one of our sponsors and a great store for all of your hobby needs. That's GameStorm Gaming in Lamont, Illinois. Open seven days a week,
2: twelve to twelve.
0: GameStorm Gaming has got you covered for all of your hobby and gaming needs. They got Magic the Gathering, War Machine, X-Wing, Game of Thrones, Force of Will card game, PC gaming and repair, Warhammer 40K, and Age of Sigmar, and a ton more. Grab paints, brushes, cases, dice, and a lot more at GameStorm Gaming in Lamont, Illinois. Stop in and see John and the gang there at GameStorm Gaming located at 1243 State Street,
1: Lamont, Illinois. Or check them out on their website at GameStormGaming.com. Again, that's www.GameStormGaming.com.
0: They also stay open past midnight for special cases and events. So get over there and get your nerd on with GameStorm Gaming. 1243 State Street, Lamont, Illinois. 630-243-9330. Again, that's GameStorm Gaming. 1243 State Street, Lamont, Illinois.
1: GameStorm Gaming is a proud sponsor of Grimdark Live. We hope to see you there. But, um, but but that's not all here, folks. That's not all here, folks. Um, so we do have some points leaks. Now I'm gonna give you guys a little bit of a flash here of what um, of, kind of like that girl with the hiatus and twin stones. Um, Give you a little bit of a flash here with uh, with what we're going to be getting into here with the hosts of this army. So here's some point uh, leaks. We're going to be getting back to this later when we when we kind of come back around to the Luminef again. But it uh, looks like we've got Teklas, 660 points. Uh, the Light yeah, of Atharion, 220. So I say
2: one thing? Yeah. I want to interject here. That is the one model in that whole army that mm-hmm. I absolutely wholeheartedly love. I love the idea of the spirit of Eltharion being bound to the armor. That is a great idea, and it's and it to me it's the one redeeming model in that army.
1: I'm struggling I with love, that one, buddy. I mean, I
2: absolutely love that 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 light of Eltharion model.
1: Yeah, I'm struggling with that one. Um, no, I
2: love it. I yeah. think I think it is a great idea. Too bad it just wasn't executed a little bit, you know, better. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, and, and you well, know, whatever. Yeah. I and you know, check. but we're going to be bringing these points back up and we're going to be talking about it here in just a little bit. But as a final side note on the uh, on, on the Lumineth, um, the Rise of the Realm Lords. It's a book by Dale Lucas, who's a rather new um, uh, author for, uh, for for Black Library. He's uh, kind of written some short stories and some other stuff you can get on ebook And a uh, pretty talented guy, from what I understand. Uh, but he wrote this book, The Rise of the Realm Lords. And it's coming out. Uh, the novel is focusing on a trio of... Um, of Stoneguard, you know, the, the, the hammer the hammers, elves, yeah. uh, as they travel highish to gather a, uh, a band of Lumineth warriors to wage war against the invading Hedonites of Slanesh. So, um... now I will
2: tell you this if there is one way and this is their out, if there is one way to hook people into an army, it's to have a great novel and great stories behind it. Mm-hmm. If this novel ends up being good, and I'm hopeful that it is. It will draw in people to play that army. It will it will change people's opinions of the army. Books have that power. Believe me. Right. The Gautrich and Felix books are a prime example.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, and I totally agree with that because I love... Well, it, it's you know I don't have to play the army and I buy the I buy the the, the codexes. Well, the,
2: you read the, most of the books. Yeah, I do, you I do.
1: Most of I, I love them, and still to this day, and, and I know this sounds funny, and I'm, and, and folks, this is going to just prove that I'm an I'm an old crusty bastard. But whenever I read a new Black Library book, my absolute favorite series of everything I've read, and I've read them all. Is the Great Betrayal series, the, in other words, the War of the Beards, the High Elves and the Dwarves.
2: Oh, the, that, are you talking about the Sundering?
1: The well, no, the Sundering was was about um, uh, the the Elven Wars. But You're I'm talking, talking the about War, of the, Beard, the War of the Beards. The War of yeah, the Beards. Simply the War of the Beards. Yeah, and the three books that I hold everything against to see if it's as good or better is the Great the Great Betrayal, the Master of Dragons, and the Curse of the Phoenix Crown. Those three books, folks. I'm gonna I'm gonna implore everybody within an earshot of this crazy little show. Go out and get your sweaty palms on those three books and read them. Uh, you're going to And read them. off
2: the titles again?
1: The titles are, in, 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 and I'm going to give you two, and in, 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 it's a three-book series, and this is each book in sequential order. The Great Betrayal, The Master of Dragons, and The Curse of the Phoenix Crown. Now, those are all part of the Time of Legends book series, but I read these books going back, Ten years ago, I think it was whenever they, whenever they yeah, came out. They
2: came out about yeah, 10, 12 years ago. I can't remember. <clears throat> yeah,
1: it, so it was long. it was about that long ago. And I got to tell you, I've read them all three times now. And I got to tell you, I, I I I hold everything against these books because what what. Um, uh nick kime and chris wright and cl werner did in those books is just is just incredible and then actually there's kind of a sidebar book that accompanies it if you're interested by Gav thorpe who's an, probably their best writer in my opinion uh he does a book called the doom of Dragonback, which kind of takes place after all of that happens and kind of how the dwarves are trying to pick up the pieces again and the you know the goblins invade and all that kind of stuff so anyway folks i I agree with Steve. I think that this this book coming out. We don't know when it's coming out yet. We know that it's soon. You know, I, th- I think this whole pandemic has got everything Probably kind of sideways. Probably with release, I would think. Yeah, but if this book is anything equative to what I've been hearing about this this Dale Lucas as an author, get your sweaty palms on it, folks. It's going to be a good one.
2: Yeah, and I'm hopeful the book is successful. Maybe that'll draw more people into the army.
1: Exactly. So let's keep rolling here uh, because we got a lot to, yet to cover. We got our last news piece coming up and that's uh that's video games man we got total war 2 we got the warden of the ponch that is um is out with us uh and that's that's coming up here so um kind of cool that uh that this is um out and about it's basically the uh let me turn the uh let me turn the show yeah, off
2: the story of grom I, I at least i'm assuming it's the story of grom's invasion of uh old right yeah and Grom was the only, one of the only, uh, warlords that was ever able to land an army on old Twan and successfully invade it. Right. Like, I mean, he tore that Island apart right. before they finally stopped him.
1: Well, it, it's, it's what caused Altharia and the Grim to lose his eye.
2: Yes. Yes. It, it, yeah. He, I believe Grom kills his hippogriff. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so this is what's happening right now in in, in Total War Warhammer 2, the High Elves versus the Greenskins. Uh it's the Lord Pack, which is a downloadable content or you're going to see the, the the phrase the the acronym DLC. Uh it was revealed uh for Total War Warhammer 2. Now, the there's going to be new units and legendary lords. Obviously, the one that's getting the most uh talk is right now is Grom the Paunch. you know, he's you know what everybody is is referring to. Uh, but there's also going to be Althari and the Grim one of my all-time favorite old-world characters. Um, there's going to be Imrik of Calidor, uh, and obviously your, your, your host of High Elves and Greenskins, your different unit rosters. There's also going to be some new units like the Arcane Phoenix, uh, White Lion Chariots of, of uh, Trace, uh, River Trolls, Rogue Idols. Uh, there's going to be some new regiments of renown, campaign mechanics, and, and, uh, and some new features. i got to tell you, I may jump into this, Steve. I may get involved in this game. Yeah, this looks total pretty freaking sweet. Warhammer
2: 2 has been a godsend to guys who played old school fantasy yep. and are not into AOS. It's it's kind of kept that that love of that world alive. And um, and I think that it's part part of the reason why they're doing the old world. The the game is because this total war Warhammer has been so successful. I think if it would have been released and it would have been just, ah, okay. It's a good video game, but you know, nothing big. It's just a real time strategy, but it's, it's grown so much bigger than that. There's so many people that play this, this series and thank God. I mean, I'm happy they are because it is, um, it is a great tribute to the old world and it allows you to play in that world still.
1: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I completely agree with it. And, um, I've I've never really kind of been compelled with, with a video game before. I've always kind of been, you know, uh, uh you know, I've liked video games, but this one this one I gotta tell you, man, I, I may really dive into this one hard. I mean and, and like I said, Altharion, uh, who was one of my favorite characters of the whole GW setting. Um and I like Grom also as a bad guy. I think he was the perfect almost the perfect bad guy in that realm. You know um, Well he's
2: the most successful goblin warlord of all time it's in true. that world.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and um, and I want you to know something here, Steve. In this game, like I said to you earlier, Altharion isn't a misty ghost fart and you know walking around in a tin can. He has a griffin. <laughs>
2: yeah, he's the real Altharion. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So I just wanted to throw that out there. No, um, but it is weird seeing classic Warhammer fantasy battle characters updated uh, in another format, um, other than you know plastic multi-part kits. But uh, it does sound very cool, and and I would um. I, th- I think oh, I could it's find
2: hugely successful. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I, I think I could find myself, uh, you know, passing my pandemic time, uh, playing away at Warhammer, uh, too, which is, uh, which is quite a bonus for GW to release it. It's such an opportune time.
2: <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's the perfect time to release it because it's the only way people are able to engage in the hobby right now. I mean, it's yep. just, you know, there's nothing else unless you're living with someone who is also a gamer social distancing you know the rest of us we're just uh you know doing solo campaigns
1: yeah exactly um are you still doing that shroom nose thing (laughs) i want to hear the rest of that question before i answer (laughs) i'm just asking you know about that thing we talked about that other day you know that one thing yeah that
2: thing with the thing about the thing yeah yeah yeah. Did, did you did you get that thing taken care of like i asked you to Hey, you know, medicine does wonders.
1: All right, so let's uh, let's let's keep it rolling here, man. I know that we're going to come back around to a to a news topic that we just seem to have uh, kind of um, gotten over, off yeah. of. Yeah, you know, and folks, and before we get back into the lumineth, I, I just, you know, I, I kind of want to, I kind of want to put it out there that that this is our opinion and and the ultimate yep. opinion that we have and the ultimate hope that we have is that the army is going to be successful. Right.
2: Absolutely. I, if I, it I, succeeds, you know, yeah. our hobby succeeds.
1: Yeah, and you know, and and that's the ultimate goal, I guess. For me, I, I'm a, I'm a former high elf, pointy eared, spoiled little brat, and I just wanted to see my Lord of the Rings esque, my J.R. Tolkien esque elves back. And, and you um, yet,
2: you yet still they.
1: Yeah, yeah, and I guess I guess when when I saw this army come out for me, you know, the, the cosmetics of the army, the aesthetics of the army, uh, you know. I, I, I cried like a baby, man. I'm holding my breath and stomping my feet. So please don't, you know, please don't take that the wrong way. This is, you know, this is an opinion show, and, and we just threw it out there. But let's get into this uh, uh, as a topic right now. Let's get back into this. So, Steve, um, Lumineth Realm Lords, when do we think the Lumineth pre-orders are going to actually happen?
2: Uh, I think we're probably looking at about uh, the 23rd or the 30th of May is going to be the pre-order. I'm kind of betting on the 23rd. I don't think they would do a pre-order on a on a holiday weekend. Yeah. I'm they would do a release, but I don't know about a pre-order. Um I'm probably thinking the 23rd, and if it's not May, it'll definitely be in the first week of June. Okay, because yeah. they got to get this army out of the way. They got to get this army out of the way and get things moving.
1: Well, I we know we know the pressure is on because let's let's take a walk back in history. Now, I'm going to take you back in time here a little bit, my friend. We're we're going to take a little bit of walk backwards here. If you remember, in in, in mid February, we knew that the product had hit our shores here in the states. We knew that it was in Tennessee. Yeah, they're here, and. Roughly about a month ago, right? Maybe it was early April, so a little longer than a month ago. GW revealed their Realm Lord's Army box, if you remember that, and that was uh, in that that was a whole big box set that you're going to be getting a um, a battle line, a cavalry unit, uh, a leader on top of of um, of the of the game aids. Uh, it was going to be the 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 first release. Uh, was gonna be all in with, with a codex was gonna be in this Lumineth Realm Lords army box.
2: Now that's a beautiful box set. Now it, that yeah. I will give them credit for. You've got everything there. If you were a new player and this army caught your eye and you didn't have, you know, sixth, seventh, and eighth editions sticking in your craw, if you saw that box set and that nice design, that nice layout, that is a great that's a great deal there. I mean, that is a great box set.
1: No kidding no kidding and you know honestly i gotta be honest with you if, if you look at the game aids um that are in this box set you know for yeah. game aids you're yeah. going to be getting a battle tome a freaking battle tome yep. some objectives war scroll cards a three inch measuring measuring stick dice
2: Our measuring sticks are becoming more and more valuable and and dice you i mean yeah. you're getting dice that if if my kid was looking to get into this hobby That would be the box set. I mean, if if he was looking to get into this hobby and get into this game, you know, this game and that army, this is what I would buy him. Yeah. This box set right here.
1: Yeah. And, you know, I kind of have to edge on my idea, not my idea, but my thought that um, the Lumineth Realm Lords are probably going to be released sometime around mid-June, June, June, late June-ish, somewhere around there.
2: Next three to four weeks.
1: Yeah. I mean, if you remember the, the trailers for the Army when, you know, this is going back to the second reveal, um, the, the second Saturday GW reveal, the trailers for, for the new Army hinted that the Army was supposed to be released in April of 2020. But since the, the GW's game workshop, you know, production facilities oh, are closed yeah. due to safety measures against the COVID-19 pandemic, the release for the Army has been postponed. We know that. So, so now we're yep. up to present day. And it will likely... I think be one of the first releases to come out when production eventually resumes. So I'm thinking that they probably have a a certain amassed amount based off of what their projections are, as far as market, you know, re- responses and data that they've collected and past quotas for like type sure. armies, uh, sales quotas. And they've said, okay, you know what? We're going to put this army out. I would think in June, see how the, the run through of that first allotment goes and start producing more or or less depending
2: yeah it'll be uh actually it'll probably be one of their first ever mail order releases you know i I can't think i mean yeah there's never been another circumstance like this before that's for sure i think it'll be their first exclusive you know mail order only release right which is fine you know i mean what's the big deal so you know it comes it'll be at your door the saturday that it's released because what they'll do is they'll ship it a day or two early so that it gets there
0: Mm
2: -hmm. yeah yeah I i don't see a problem with that at all i think they'll be just fine if they release it as uh you know if they release it online
1: hey I hope you're enjoying the Grimdark Live experience and the show. If you want to support the show, please like and subscribe on YouTube and follow us on our podcast. This way, you'll be alerted when we post new content. If you'd like to support Grimdark Live further, head over to GrimdarkLive.com, get a t-shirt, dice, or there's Patreon, which makes our show possible. Keeps our mics on and the lights buzzing big thanks to everyone past, present, and future who have supported Grimdark Live. We do this because of all of you, and of course, we will continue doing this for as long as we can. Okay, you guys ready for more Grimdark Live? Let's get back to the show. So let's let's actually talk about the army a little bit i mean uh we we can really we've got a, we've got a d- couple of different places we can we can start we can start at the points that, that have been you know kind of uh sneaked you know into our you know uh frame of view or because you you mentioned something earlier about a defensive based army and I, when, when yeah when...
2: i mean when you look at this army uh is your very standard traditional um order army it's got your uh your light infantry, your spearmen. Uh-huh. It's got your archers. Uh it has your heavy infantry, your um uh the the uh, hammers. Mm-hmm. I, I forget what their name is, the stone guard or whatever. Right. Um it's got it's you know it has its tradi- you know it has your traditional wizards, it has its special character. It's a very traditional um kind of rank and flankish kind of army I even though I know I'm maybe not obviously we don't do rank and flank but I mean it looks like an army you would have seen in sixth seventh or eighth edition. very traditional very standard you have one big monster you know the the spirit of the mountain um and that's it and I think it's a nice n- the models notwithstanding it's a nice release it's got everything you need. It's not an aesthetic that I care for, but it. But it. I know it's going to appeal to some people, um, and the box set is absolutely beautiful. I mean, I think you could not ask for a nicer box set. I hope they do the same thing for Soul Honestly, yeah. Um, but I think it's going to be. I think it's going to be, be a good seller. I mean, I don't think it's going to be a bomb. I, I, don't no, I, I, don't, I don't think it's going to be a bomb. No, I don't.
1: I don't think it's going to be a bomb at all. Um, I, but I, what, I, what I guess what, I'll go back to what I said. I don't know, maybe four or five shows ago when, when we were just getting to talking about the army. Um, I think the army is going to appeal to a very niche group of gamers that are going to be very devoted and loyal to it. I, you know what I? Oh chalk, yeah, you, I totally believe that. You know what I chalk this army up to? uh bretonians of back in the day wood elves back in the day yeah how they um, had those very niche you know this is my army there's there's many like it but this one is mine kind of an attitude
2: like daughters yeah daughters appeal to a very specific type of gamer Mm -hmm. uh seraphon are very much the same way Uh, you know, and we have, you know, we have a couple guys in our group that are Seraphon players, right? Uh, They are, they're just a specific type of a person that plays those armies. And I totally agree with you. This will be a niche army. It'll be very popular because I think, I think it's going to fight well that, that I will tell you, I think it's going to fight very well. and It's going to have lots of great tricks.
1: Well, you know, the one thing, I mean, you know, there, there's a lot of things that, um, that we can get into with this. There's a couple of things that I noticed right off right off the bat when, when we're talking about uh, this army as far as uh, the spell lores. Now, there's been some leaks. There's a spell called Entomb. Uh, the casting and range are, at this point are unknown, but it appears to allow you to select an enemy model uh, and either slay it on a dice roll or multiple wounds. So they're, 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 they're going to have some very potent and powerful magic there was another spell that i heard about called um uh uh, gravitic reduction and it halves the movement of of a unit so
2: yeah what i think is important is that people understand when we criticize the army we're mostly criticizing the aesthetic uh i can tell you right now this is going to be one hell of an army oh yeah this this army will fight well right it's going to have lots of spells to buff it it's going to be a pain in the rear end to try to fight because it's going to have two activations for one. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I, I think, I think mechanically the army is going to fight very well. I, I, I don't see any problems that
1: I agree. No, I, I've always said, and I think we've always said too, that the army is going to be a very tough nut to crack on the table. Yeah. There, there's, there's, I agree. there's no, there's no doubt about that. I'm just saying that, um, we know that the army is going to have some defensive capabilities and, ext- well, they're, they're going to have what all elves pretty much have, and that's some pretty stellar magic. And if you look at, like, take the Daughters of Cain with your infamous again and again, you know, very defensive. So, you know, I think in a way, based off of looking at just some of the point values here, that the army is probably going to kick that up a notch. But can can we kind of pull the car over here and talk about Teclis and, and his sure. point cost in comparison? So I'm going to bring up, I'm going to bring up your other. He's comparable to Elrond. Well, okay, but I, I wasn't going to bring her up just yet. Um, but I was going to let, let's take a look at, say, another uh, Elven, and let's 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 look at Daughters of Cain real quick. So, if we were to take Marathi, right? Who's not a god? Who's not a god? She's 480 points. Yes. So let's let's look at all that Marathi is able to do, for what we're getting you know at 480 points
2: yeah you she is basically um you can only you can only do up to three wounds to her per turn Mm -hmm. so she has a lot of great abilities where she can stay on the table for a very long time i think at least until what is it turn four yeah she can stay alive till um and that's of course hoping that you know you're you're get you know with priorities and everything but it's an, you. It, it should be noted, and I think this is where you were going, that teclas is an actual god. So I can see him being another 200 points, uh, you know, for purposes of, of building your army.
1: Okay, then, then then let me pull this back here. Let, let's look at another, I would call him, uh, even though he's never really been referred to as a god, but he is kind of the CEO. He's the chairman of the board of his entire army, and that's Nagash. Nagash right now is currently sitting at 880 points. That's 220 points more than Teclus, and we all know what a son of a bitch Nagash is on the
2: table. But the difference there is that Nagash is one god ruling over an entire faction. Teclas, Alariel and Malarian and mm-hmm. Tyrion, they are all part of a pantheon. That's right. Whereas Nagash is not.
1: But I guess what I'm saying oh. is in the comparison that we had with Marathi, where she's, you know, roughly two hundred points less than Teclus what are we gaining a tech list that Marathi doesn't already have and who herself is a very powerful mage and, and, um, and, and also though, in, but in comparison, what are we losing with tech lists that we're at what we have with, with Nagash being 220 points more than tech lists? Or, or or is that just a, a, a convoluted way to look at it? And probably not accurate.
2: No, I think what the, what's important to note is that, like I said, nagash rules uh with absolute power over one faction there is no pantheon he is the supreme god right lady olander is not a god she's just a powerful a powerful creature well no i'm i get that not gods um is part of an elven pantheon Mm -hmm. And we still don't know what he does yet. We don't have his stats. We haven't been teased yet. right I'm sure he is going to be ridiculous. But then again, so was Alario. If you recall that one game we had, Alario's beetle alone, the beetle, was just slaughtering trolls, right? Because of the bites and stuff. So I have a feeling that this creature that is with Techless is going to be very powerful. Well, I, I don't. I don't doubt he's that he's not going to be I a mean, jump. He's going to have an after save.
1: Yeah, and then it gets me thinking too. You know, you want to talk about you know a, a character that's got a beast with him. You want to talk about the the, the Big Daddy himself on the hoopty, and that's that's Arcan. He's eight hundred points, so he's eighty points less. You know, here we go again, trying to rationalize it through a little math hammer. He's eighty points less than than um, Arcan. I mean, uh, than than uh, Nagash. Nagash. And we all know that. He's a, he's a beat stick, and his his his, his mount is, is, a, is a beat stick. So I guess in my mind, I try to rationalize it, because to me, the point levels that are that are connected to a certain unit or character, hero, what have you, are should be kind of synonymous with what they do in the game, right? I mean, you would think that's at least how you should rationalize yeah, it to a certain I mean, point. I mean, because you hear people say all the time, well, oh, I'm not going to take that model. It's 400 points. It's not worth it. You know, that kind of thing. It is
2: rather hard to look at Nagash and say, how can this guy be the Lord of death when he has the, you know, practically the same amount of wounds as a bloodthirster? Right. At that, I agree. That's kind of a problem for me. I think Nagash should be, have way more points than, and I I believe he should be a thousand points and he should have more wounds Um, because he's easily killed. I mean, if my trolls get him in combat, they'll kill him in one round of combat. So it's, I mean, just by the amount of damage they do. Mm -hmm. So he's not, yeah, he doesn't appear very godlike for the amount of points that he costs. Whereas Arcaon, he kind of matches his points in terms of what he can do. He's pretty damn durable.
1: Uh, yeah, no, I, I would definitely say Arcaon is is very durable. Um, but just kind of let's let's look at the next one here. Let let's look at the let's look at the uh, the Elven fart in a tin can, the, the Light of Altharian. Let, let's look at him real quick. So we have the Light of Altharian. He's another named hero, obviously, you yep. know, from, from way back. Seven um, and. And look, I'll stop I'll stop being negative. So he's the resurrected version of the renowned High Elf hero from Warhammer Fantasy Universe. But he's been resurrected as pure light, which means he is represented on the tabletop as a model with armor and weapons, but no body, which, yeah, I guess it is a pretty cool model. But do you think that... Yeah, he, I love it. I don't remember I mean, seeing a, a War model. Scroll on him, but is he uh, ethereal of some... He probably is to some extent. Um, no, I imagine he uh, ignores yes, he Rend. Is.
2: You cannot... Um, I believe one of the rules for him is that you cannot Rend him um uh he's like a, he's like in other words uh oh, there's no modifiers
1: that's right he, he I, I yeah that's right it's all, it's all coming back to me now he's, he's got he's got i think he's got a three seven plus save I seven wounds. wounds
2: yeah 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 he's and i think your, he's kind of like your sub-level uh hero on foot he's kind of well he's exactly like the um um the mega boss okay for the yeah. for the um orcs
1: yeah. And uh, if I remember right, and, and, and stop me if I'm wrong, I mean, he has a special abilities, uh, spirit armor or spirit, something like that, that, that allows him to ignore any modifiers to his saves. That's what it was. Oh, so that's where got, I was getting the ethereal.
2: Oh, his combat ability is brutal.
1: Well, he, he, yeah. Well, he's got the fang sword back, which he, is which what he had for.
2: Yeah. Um, He's got uh, one sword that has, I believe, a rend of three.
1: Yeah, negative. Ne-
2: the other one has a rend of two.
1: Yeah. So here it is. I found it. So the, here here's the Fang Sword of Altharion. It has yeah, four it attacks. The oh, yeah. Let, let me see if I can do that. It's got... Uh, it's got... Um, nope. I'm, I'm not going to be able to get it up on the screen here. Uh, anyway, I'll just read it. So it says here, it's, he's, he's got four attacks, a at negative three rend, and D3 damage. The Fang Sword oh. adds one to its wound rolls if Altharian charged in the same turn. And if the unmodified wound roll for an attack of the sword is a six, a mortal wound is added to its damage output love it the other blade he has is the Celenari blade which has two attacks at negative one rend and also does d3 damage both weapons are affected by their wielder's supreme Swordmaster ability which is something he has which lets him ignore negative modifiers to hit rolls wow yeah that's
2: that's wow. awesome
1: he's going to be in every army
2: oh you i cannot even imagine him not being in your army uh, it would be an absolute travesty at 220 points. Mm-hmm. It would be an absolute travesty not to put him in your army. Yeah. And he's a great, and he's a great fighter to have alongside your units. Like your, your infantry units.
1: Yeah. That's, um, your, your, Altharion is going to be in every single unit. That's for damn sure. Um, so uh, yeah. And, and then of course we, we've all seen, we've all seen the stone mage, um, which, you know, um, They kind of have in this in this I guess what looks like to be in a you know in a white dwarf uh, battle report Uh, somebody had put them up as their general, um, which uh, you know um, we don't really know much about them but I think I think some of the leaks on some of the magic that I've 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 told you about uh, as far as some of the spells I think they're coming off of that caster so again very defensive buffs units around it
2: yeah Um, and I think typical your typical army wizard
1: yeah. Yeah, but don't forget too, we got the the Sonari Cathalar. That was the lady that had yes, the Yeah, uh, she basically veil. works
2: on emotions mm-hmm. uh in ether courts and um kind of a cool rule. Like she'll like she she uh kind of pulls the emotions out of these ether courts and then uses them like against you and stuff. And she's got some pretty cool rules.
1: Right. So um, I think a couple of things that, uh, we, we can kind of wrap this up, uh, as far as what we know about the Lumineth is let's, let's talk about these big beasties here. The, the spirit of the mountain, uh, and then Arlith the other,
2: Mount, yeah, the mountains. And then the other one
1: is the Stoneheart King, the Avalonor, the Stoneheart King. So, yeah. um, what we know is that the King, um, and again, I'm referring to Avalonor, the, uh, the Stoneheart King, which is in this list. He's 360 points, um he is a mountain spirit i guess that is
2: allied Stupid themselves dude, from what i've heard
1: yeah uh, with lumineth and and he's a, he's he's the character version of a gigantic spirit of the mountain model kit that will be yeah. one of the beamoth options for the lumineth and that's the other one so i guess he's the name character the other one is uh the other Mukau is just a, the um the normal one which you know he carries a big stone hammer they both well the other one's got two the, the name character has two stone hammers the other guy's got a big great hammer yeah
2: it's just like you have a um a dank old trog boss and then a dank old trogoth it's the same thing here. Yeah. You so, have a regular version of it, and then you have the, the named character.
1: Yeah, so I would imagine that the uh, Alareth Spirit of the Mountain, just a general big baddie guy, uh, he's probably somewhere, I'm mean, a general as far as the basic, not the named character. I think he might be somewhere in the ballpark, what, maybe 300 points, 280, depending yeah. on what he can do. Um, so I, yeah, I, I kind of want to round it back on a positive note. I mean, I think the army is going to be fantastic on the table. I think a lot of people are probably going to be doing some heavy conversions to get those goofy cockamamie horny heads off of them. Um, but I think, I think the army is going to be superbly defensive. I think the magic is going to be blistering. And, mm-hmm. you know, the reason why I want to start out as far as comparing tech lists to some of the, you know, Alarial and, you know, um, Archaon and some of the other big baddies in the game, the heroes in the game was we know what they can do and what they can't do, and, we, and we've and we already kind of put a value to their points. Like, I know that a lot of people, the proof's in the pudding, they play the hell out of Nagash um, because he probably could be pumped up a little bit in points for, for what he does. Um, I think a lot of people, I think the jury is still out a little bit on characters like Marathi or characters like Archaon because um, you don't see them as much as you do, say, Nagash. No. But so I, that tells me that what they can do or can't do on the tabletop is probably directly incumbent upon their points. And so I'm wondering what Teclis is going to be able to do or quite possibly not do for his 660 that we're seeing here.
2: I think he'll be uh, very similar to Alariel. He'll be um, a very powerful character for his army. He's going to have great magic. Um, he'll be your traditional 600 point special character i don't think he's i mean i really don't think people should get their hopes up too much no he, he's gonna be good but he's not gonna be that good yeah well and and that's that'll be a great magic user yeah he'll be the, he'll be just like Nick gosh he'll have all these great casting powers and stuff i'm sure he'll have devastating spells but he's he's probably only going to have 16 wounds. Okay. All right. And um I don't think he's gonna have any more wounds than Alariel, and I think that um he'll be very comparable. Okay. I have a
1: weird feeling that the the Alarith Stone Guard, those are the big hammer elves. I just want to end it with yeah. here and then we, so we can we can keep rolling with the show. Um, because we're speculating and, and we're gonna we know we know we've got points, we can kinda rationalize, but looking at the the Alar- Alarith Stone Guard, you know who they kinda remind me of, and I, and I know I'm kinda going back at this again, they remind me of a white lion on steroids so i'm i'm picturing these guys yeah they're
2: just white lions with hammers yeah yeah i'm
1: picturing them to have probably a uh six inch move four plus save seven probably like a no
2: battle shock or something yeah
1: yeah i can imagine because they are 100 points they're probably going to have maybe two wounds i imagine them being a two wound
2: character or or model well i heard that they're on 32s really i don't know if Uh, can you, you, can you go back to the, uh, picture of the army box set? Sure. Go back to the picture of the army box set. I think those models are on 32s. Okay. Um, well, I,
1: uh, I, I don't know that, um. So you might get two wounds out of them. Interesting. Let me see if I can grab that, um, that picture here again. Here's why I say that. Yeah. I
2: doubt very seriously that you're going to be paying 100 points for five wounds.
1: Well, that's what I'm saying. I think they're going to be two points.
2: Or, yeah, two I, mean, I
1: mean, two wounds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, oh, <laughs> I,
2: I agree. I totally agree. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I can't see them costing. I can't see them charging you 100 points for five wounds. Right. Um. And, and on a 32-millimeter base, I, wow, seriously doubt that.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, I, I'm not so where so you you think they're going to be on I would th- I would have thought for sure they would have been on 25 rounds.
2: Yeah, I don't know. Take, take like I said, take a look at uh that picture.
1: Okay, here 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 it is right here. There there's the uh well, you know what those do look like 32s.
2: Yeah. Well, I, no, I those are the those spear are
1: elves. Be. So do you think they think they're all on 32s? No,
2: I think that um just they are. I think just they're on 32s. Okay, the picture has not come up yet on my screen. It should so, be there now. Um, okay, let me take a look here. Uh, yeah, interesting. Well, they're not even in that picture, so they're yeah, not even. They're, in they're the not Fox in that picture.
1: Head. But if you look at the spear elves, those don't look like twenty fives to me.
2: Yeah, it looks like the. It looks like. Um, it looks like Eltharion is on a fifty, and it looks boy. Well, yeah, they might be on thirty twos.
1: Well, we'll have to see. I mean, they might be that defensive army that's got a four plus save with two with you know. I mean, yeah, with, with oh, two I don't think they have a four plus
2: save. I, I I don't think the the basic infantry I think are going to be five up.
1: All right. Well, they got those shields. You know, you never know what that shield is going to do.
2: Yeah. Well, yeah, they might get stronger if they do like a phalanx formation or something.
1: Right. No, who knows? Or, you know, they'll probably have some kind of cockamamie thing where if they don't move, you know, they get a bonus to their save or something like that. Yeah. All right. Well good stuff. Anything else on the uh the, the no, loomis before
2: much covered we it. I think now it's just wait and see.
1: Yeah, I, I think I think that's the best way to put it. So um, but moving on, I wanted to I wanted to kind of um and, and again, folks, I'm just gonna end it with this as far as Illumineth are concerned. Again, I want the army to be successful. Uh, yep. I think the army is going to be very successful. Um, aesthetically, just you know, please do something about those helmets. <laughs> If you're playing the army.
2: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I just think that's, you know, it, it doesn't seem practical that guys that are carrying big hammers are going to have some goofy helmet that would obstruct their ability to swing their hammers. Right. To me, that just makes no sense, but maybe, I don't know. Well, um, I got to tell
1: you, this this coming in from the boards, our uh, our, our buddy Justin, um, had just just let us know he, he he must have the skinny that the entire army, the entire Lumineth Realm Lord army, as far as you know, the foot troops and maybe some non-characters are all going to be on 32 mils. So yeah,
2: that's there fine. you have it.
1: All right, well, good deal. We will uh, we we will roll with that with that info then. Wait a minute! What the hell is that? What's going on? <laughs>
0: Now it's time for that part of the show where we present the rules from hell. <laughs> yes, that's right, grimdark goons. It's time for the rules from hell, where we present the game rules from the past or present of the Warhammer worlds that just sucked.
1: Here it is, gang. A Warhammer rule from hell. In the early edition of Warhammer Age of Sigmar, this rule dealt with the Blood Rack Medusa. This was known as the Bloodrack Stare. When making a Blood Rack Stare attack, pick a visible unit within range and roll a dice for each model in that unit. For each roll of a six, or more, that unit suffers a mortal wound as they foolishly meet the Medusa's deadly gaze. You can add one to these dice rolls if between the time you declare the target of the attack and the time you roll the dice your opponent looks at you directly in the eye That's really creepy Frankly playing with some of these rules will be awkward enough I'm relieved at an excuse not to meet my opponent's gaze That's really creepy, and I'm glad it's gone That was definitely a rule from hell.
0: And now you know a rule from hell. <laughs> All right,
1: let's get back to the show. But Steve, I want to kind of move on and talk a little bit about Forge World um, as our as our last uh, main topic here for the show tonight. You know, is there a line of miniatures? or, you know, exclusive Forge World army compositions even relevant anymore in today's game and meta?
2: In my opinion, no. Yeah. Um, there's, I I mean, I never see it. The only time I ever see Forge World is we have one guy in our group that's a Forge World fanatic, and that's our buddy Randy.
1: The nicest guy in tabletop wargaming. And,
2: yeah, I mean, Randy's the only guy I know that that plays Forge World models consistently. Right. Um. I... I think a lot of people now are looking at the resin and then they look at the plastics that GW is putting out today and they're saying to themselves, why in the world would I mess around with resin when I've got this gorgeous line of plastic models that are, you know, computer design basically. Right. And, and and that's,
1: yeah. And that's the point that I was kind of edging towards because my, my question, I guess my, my under question if that's the way to put it, is why do we need two separate sources, you know, Games Workshop and Forge World, to play one game? I mean, and and here's what I'm saying by that. Um, I know at one time, Forge World was the premier line uh, over GW, and that was mainly because Forge World maintained the higher degree of design capabilities and access to resin. But yeah, they had a higher standard. N- yeah, but now, with the availability of design softwares like AutoCAD or softwares like ZBrush or, oh, uh, or, or yeah. even uh, a Sculptress, um, any or even a 3D printer, a really good 3D printer, anyone, including GW, has leveled the playing field with Forge World. I mean, come on. Are you really going to tell me that the Forge World troll hag is a better sculpt than the GW Scar brand? Really?
2: Yeah, I, that, and that's exactly my point. Um, it, with, the des, with the new designs, you know, I, I mean, everything's computer-based now. So with all the sculpts that they're able to do on computer now, why would I still be bothering with resin? I mean, it, resin's harder to work with. It's for the more experienced player. I mean, you're not going to let a little 12-year-old kid mess around with resin because of the resin dust and stuff. I mean, you do have to be careful with it. You don't want to get that stuff in your lungs. You know, um, you know, like especially like when you're filing and stuff. It, it it just to me, like, why bother with it? You you've got this gorgeous line of plastic models that GW produces that are the best model makers in the world. Why would you go back to resin, which to me is almost like an early two thousands technology or or um or model form? Yeah, I would say in me. some
1: ways even later. You know, I would say some yeah, ways even later. It's
2: just, to me there's no there's no it's it's almost lost its relevancy because who really still uses forge world models i mean can i mean who the the troll hag is the only one that i ever see being consistently used uh Um, the mourn
1: would be one that you see a lot of death armies uh sometimes i mean very rarely you see the rogue
2: idol yeah but that's my point how many like how many people when we go to tournaments and stuff we look at armies do you really see that much Ford World? Because I don't.
1: No, no, I don't. As a matter of fact, um, the, the next army we're going to be talking about is one that I've always wanted to dabble in. But I've actually never played against a Chaos Dwarf army before. Never.
2: Well, we had um, we had a uh, uh, one of the young kids at the Chicago Battle Bunker whose dad was um, on speed dial to Forge World. and um, And this kid played an all- chaos dwarf army i mean he had the choo-choo trains you know he had the uh you know he had all the uh, the right. war machines i mean it was a gorgeous army absolutely gorgeous and he was a very good painter okay um, so i've had the fortune of playing against a chaos dwarf army uh many times actually and they were a damn good army back in back in the day in, in um eighth edition they were a great army
1: right so so before we get ahead of ourselves, I, I guess what we're saying here is I, I don't really see and I think I think a lot of people would agree with Steve and I that times have changed and, and we're not really sure the Forge World is so exclusive anymore. But the bigger and main question is, are there armies, i.e. the Chaos Dwarves or the the Legion of Asgore, I guess the best way to put it, um, are they viable or even worth playing? You know, if so, you know, which ones do we see being viable? And and if we look at the actual armies that can be taken from Forge World, we have the uh, Legion of Asgo, which are the Chaos Dwarves. Uh, they have a full host of units, plus a, a, a compendium. And I kind of put together a list that I'm going to share with you guys here, Steve, um, and our listeners. And and I would have thought that Tomarkon, the Nurgle character, the Tom, you've heard us talk about him on, on, on the, the show here. He's a very popular character in, in Warhammer lore. But I would have thought that Tomarkon's horde would have had an army. But nope. You go on Forge World right now... Um, they have exclusively one compendium, a PDF, and two listed units. But you know what's funny? They call it Khan's horde. There's no model for Khan, no miniature on Forge World site at all for them. Well, I based can't on that the out.
2: history, based on GW's history of discontinuing armies, uh, would you feel comfortable as a gamer today starting to cast Warf Army? Uh, no, no. Knowing I, I... that that, in other words, would you? Start that army thinking, oh, yeah, this army's going to be around in two to, two to three years.
1: Yeah, you I know, would... yeah, I got to tell you, I, 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 I don't think I would. I would, I really have to see what how they're going to tie in to railing as we talked about at the top of the show, how they're going to be pulling in forge world as far as their deliverable schedules, their pricing and how this, the old world is going to be, because again, again, folks, the whole old, old world line, the whole square rank and flank deliverable, it's all forge world, just, you know, like a la 30 K it's all forge world. So I'd be interested to just really see before I invested in something like this, I would have to see what, um, you know, uh, number one, is the army going to be around? Number two, is it a viable army? And number three, obviously, you know, how much am I going to have to open my wallet for, you know?
2: Yeah, is it an army that I would love to play against at like a tournament? Like if I ended up facing a guy who was using a Chaos Dwarf army for Age of Sigmar, I would absolutely love it. Absolutely love playing against it. But how many guys, and let's be honest, folks, how many times have we gone to a tournament and played against a Chaos Dwarf player?
1: Yeah, I I've never be
2: honest. I mean, let's all be honest, folks. How many times have we gone to a tournament and seen a Chaos Dwarf player? I can say one. That was Adepticon. Yeah, it was Adepticon. He wasn't even playing Chaos Dwarves, really. He was playing uh, that Char whatever. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, whatever. yeah.
1: The the yeah, right. The the, the Centaur
2: basically. The, yeah, the yeah. Centaurs. Yeah. Well, the bull Centaurs.
1: What I'd like to do, if I can, um sure. and, and I, I don't want to, you know. Uh, and again, I I kind of thought about a a list. A chaos dwarf list that um, I think would be pretty would be pretty damn competitive, you know. And, and for you competitive players out there, you know, I want to give my two cents on this list uh, because this is one that I was actually thinking about playing. And we're not telling you to not support Forge World. We're just saying that right now, as far as Age of Sigmar, this is the only complete army uh, that they have on their whole damn website um, for Age of Sigmar. So. Um, I think we have some key elements for a good Legion of Asgore list here, uh, i.e. Chaos Dwarves, and competitively, uh, I suggest if you're going to play this army, this is the way to do it. I suggest um, units of 12 of the Kadai, that's the the, the Fireborn, and um, uh, I'll pull these guys, I'll I'll pull up their their stats here a little bit because I think you're going to want to see these. Um, So they're less prone to damaging and Battleshock losses uh, while still having just a, a metric ton of attacks. I mean, these guys have a three-inch reach. They have five attacks apiece, so that means all 12, which is a full boat unit, are going to be able to attack. Uh, Do the math. That's 60 attacks for a full unit with a three-inch reach. This is really the bully unit of the Army. Uh, They're fast, especially with a run-and-charge ability, being able to um, uh, um, get to where you need to go and then attack those units you need to um, get out of there. And the big thing is movement is a key part of this unit, especially with the fly rule that they have, meaning they can countercharge over top of your, uh, screening fire glaives or your opponent's screening unit. You can use this unit to create favorable positions for yourself by, by either, uh, making them scared of the unit or wanting to come and attack it. Uh, you can bait Witch Elves units with them, uh, so uh, I'm going to get into him later as, as an ally unit. I've got uh, Scar in the unit that I want to um, uh, present, um, and and I'm not 100% um, sold on this next unit, but but as far as your battle line, they're probably the best, and that's the Uh What I am in favor of is I'm I'm 100% in favor of big blocks of the fire glaives these are the little dwarves with like the uh the guns with the the bayonet the little razor bayonets at the end of them uh they have a good offense output i suggest a unit of 10 to bubble wrap the magma cannon which you're going to never want to leave home without uh, and prevent units with with movement tricks from charging them uh if your opponent doesn't have um um, uh, anything that 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 um you want to prevent charging they're a great unit to hold an objective with but speaking of magma cannons, uh, this is an artillery I wish I could take in just about uh, any army. Uh, it's too bad that they're stuck in in this army. Um, they have a they have a little bit of a they can be swingy, and they're solely based on math hammer. Uh, but they they may not be the most competitive, but they're devastating when they hit. But I, but I still like to take one or a pair, as you're going to see in my list here. Uh, I've got one of them in my list. Uh, but I've thought about lists where I take a pair of them um, in competitive play because their potential damage really forces opponents to modify their plans and make mistakes. Uh, always uh, have a Demon Smith with them, uh, you know, because it, the Demon Smith helps you expand their range. I, I guess what I should have done here, Steve, I should have kind of talked about, you know, kind of done a rundown on my list, right? I'm kind of getting into it and without, uh, without really telling anyone what the hell the list is, right?
2: <laughs> yeah, go for it.
1: So... I got a Bull Centaur Turek as my general. He's 160 points. Uh, I've got two Demon Smiths, and I got an ally in Scar Bloodrath. You know, he's uh, he's the 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 Corn Bloodbound um, character, or the um, the, uh, the 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 Corn character. My battle line: I've got three units of Infernal fire glaives, two units of 30, and of course my 10 Bubble Wrap I talked about, and then my unit of 12 Kadai Fireborn. Uh, my War Machines: I've got. A magma cannon, a skullcracker war engine, and my endless spell, soul snare, soul snare shackles. Uh, that's 2,000 points on the button. Yeah, of course you're gonna have to make all those drops, so you're most likely gonna be going first, but you know you're just gonna have to plan for that. But getting back to this, so where I left off was um, taking a demon smith. Now, as I said before, what these guys do for the magma cannons is these guys are able to expand the range, which magma blasts are 18 inches um on those units. So and they can they can heal and repair and do all those, you know, great dwarf and special character things. They're excellent. So I always take one or two. Um there's a name character in this army, um I think it's Drazoth or whatever his name is. He's a name character on the Bull Taurus. Uh he's expensive and not ultra competitive, but I found that his ability to cast two spells, fly, high movement and, and decent combat potential is useful to threaten a flank and force your opponent um to, to split their forces. Uh, especially useful against, you know, say like um, some close combat armies. But overall, I, I would say you guys can probably, if you're thinking about this army, you probably want to live without him. Uh, I would probably just stick with, you know, a Bull Centaur Turk as my as my general and, and have some Demon Smiths because um, these guys are pretty damn good, especially their defensive spell, which is Ash of Storm, which um, you guys can look that up. But for heroes, this is the guy that I, I would say is a, is a mandatory as your general in every single... Chaos Dwarf Army, and that's the Bull Centaur Turok. Um, he's a must. Uh, he is the best hero choice in the army, in, in my opinion, and a beat stick in combat. Um, there are some other characters in there, like some Castellans are nothing special, and, and banner bearers can be useful. They're one of the few armies that still utilize banner bearers um just be careful about including them uh in a kadai or or centaur heavy list because they can tend to get left behind because of their slow movement they are dwarves but this guy really is is what you what you want now to round out my my hero choice and because i need to deal with hordes with a basically shooty slow moving chaos dwarf army um i took scar bloodrath which um i think you guys uh have heard of this guy before he's part of the Bloodbound, corn uh, model, special character. That, you know this army can do a lot of mortal wounds, meaning the Chaos Dwarves, uh, and has some pretty decent rend attacks, but does not have the weight of dice to delete hordes. Uh, this is a very necessary ally. His role is basically just horde killing and objective grabbing. Uh, he's anti-witch elf again, uh, anti-night haunt hordes. He has the ability to attack more than one horde at once, and and so should be his primary function i would say you're going to want to get him into the mix and tie up as many things as you can Uh, he is slow He, he does move only at five inches so making the hordes come to him is your best bet but you can charge and attack over your fire glaives thanks to their 25 millimeter bases that they're on um but don't overlook his ability to return from the dead um as a deep strike objective you know grabber you know kind of a character so um Um, but as far as other units, if you guys are looking at the, uh, the one forge world AOS army that you can put together as far as chaos dwarves, um, the bull centaurs are decent. I was kind of fooled on them at first, but you know, you have to take them for the right reasons. Uh, The biggest assets are their higher movement and and a lot of wounds with, with a decent save, you know, four plus, I guess. Uh, I usually, uh, you know, thought about taking them in units of, of six to tie down larger sections of the board, but I kind of just kind of got rid of them. And again, as you can see in my... List that i put together i don't have a one of them you know as a matter of fact the only the only bull centaur i have is is and he's my he's my general but the the war the war machines i almost forgot about these little babies down here the magma cannon and the skull cracker war engine i love that name skull cracker war engine (laughs) um (laughs) the uh the skull cracker war engine is is kind of interesting it's a solo unit that can fight on its own um and, and and chaos seems to have these kind of chariot type of units all over the place uh, I've used a very similar tactic with my Beasts of Chaos, with the Beast Chariots. Um, it can fight on its own, unassigned, but it's a serious threat to small units and monsters and characters. It, it does it does hit a hell of a lot harder, and it's got a lot more wounds than my, than my chariots. Um, but I use it the same way. I use it to counter, charge, or fight units that don't have a very good uh, rend or save. Uh, it does have a 3-plus save and ignores the first wound it takes in combat. That's the special armor that the whole army has. Um, that will make it last a while and is a good candidate for, you know, even Mystic Shield, I would say, if you really wanted to be salty. Um, Its damage output is good, but it's not mind-blowing, and it's fast for this army and can be used to support the Kadai or the Bull Centaur Turek, and it can make a scary flank-clearing team you know, um, that's the biggest thing. You want to try to clear out those edges that can that can hurt your slower moving units. It's also a big scary looking thing and, and you can use it to uh, create good positions and, and screen your other units, a la like I did with my Beasts of Chaos Chariots uh, often enough. Uh, also, you can use it to drag. It's got an ability where you can drag the magma cannon uh, to, in turn one, to an important uh, support area uh, if you want. So, because you can, you can actually, you know, your magma cannon only moves like three inches, but you can drag, if this thing's within, I think, one inch or whatever it is of it, you can drag the magma cannon, its movement of 10 inches, and put it in a better firing position if you wanted to. So there's a lot of things that this thing can do. Um, and, you know, and personally, I'm not a big fan of of the other uh, artillery pieces, like the Iron Demons, the Dread Quakers, or, or those rocket things. I can't think what their name is. Uh, they're all way too swingy and, and, a, and pretty underwhelming when I've kind of math hammered them. And then finally, because of uh, the the ability that just because you can't move doesn't mean you want to allow your opponent to move, that's where Soul Snare Shackles comes in as as an endless spell. And that's why I take uh, this one with with an army to kind of hold your opponent back. Um, But at the end of the day, the looming question is, you know, is a Forge World army like this, is it worth the money as far as price? Um, I don't know. Probably not. I mean, if you're going to invest in 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 an army and you and the only AOS army that you can put together on Fa- Forge World right now is the cast dwarves, this would be the list I would recommend for you. Um, you know, uh, this army is a novelty army, but you know you might be able to do better with standard GW, i.e., fire slayers, if you're into dwarves. Um, so that's, I mean, that that's kind of what I have. I mean, Steve, what are your two cents in tin can on this one?
2: Yeah, I just think with all the other armies that are available and that are coming out right now, you're you're going backwards by buying a Forge World army right now. I love the cast dwarves, but I just think as a community, it's time to move on. There's so there's too many other good armies out there. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, and I think you know what you can achieve the same thing for yep.
2: with another army
1: with another army Fire Slayers. You know, I mean, yep, and and they have a lot of really cool. Uh, You know, they they got this great, you know, armor ability that allows them to ignore all wounds and mortal wounds in the first round of combat. So there's a lot of things that this army has that are kind of like kind of like parlor trick kind of a thing that's kind of neat. But um, but yeah, so um, but that's uh, but that's what I wanted to share with you guys. And I kind of wanted to get out there to kind of start thinking, you know, is Forge World really are they worth it anymore? Are they exclusive anymore? Is their models that much better to justify their exclusivity? And their price points. I don't really think so anymore, personally. Hey, gang. I really hope you're enjoying the Grimdark Live show so far. Thanks for being with us. But before we get to the question of the day, I want to ask you to head over to Grimdarklive.com to enter the Nerd Bunker by becoming a supporter of the show on Patreon. There are six different levels to fit the support you may be interested in and all provide special benefits and services to our members. So please head over to GrimDarkLive.com and become a patron of the show. And while you're on GrimDarkLive.com, you should know that GrimDarkLive isn't just there for entertainment. We're a full-time miniatures assembly and painting service. We have three different levels that we currently paint to and we provide free quotes. So let us know if you have something you need painted and we'll get it done for you. And if Patreon or painting isn't something you're ready to do at this time, we totally understand. And thank you for spending time with us here on Grimdark Live. So with that said,
0: let's get to the question of the day.
1: So... But here it is, Steve. We are, uh, we are, we are moving on, man. We're finally getting to the point of the uh, the question of the day here on uh, Grimdark Live. You ready for it? Let's go. All right. So we're running a little bit behind, but you know, folks, we're going to give you a bigger show tonight. So here it is, Steve. Question of the day: What is the craziest thing? <laughs> and I'm almost, I'm giggling just by saying this. What is the craziest thing that has ever happened to you in this hobby or game?
2: <laughs> oh, jeez. You're asking me this question? I, I am. That's why I'm already right. giggling. I'll, I'll give you one of the, the clean ones. <laughs> uh, so we're talking 6th edition. Okay. And I'm inside of a store, and I'm gaming against – it's early in the morning in the store, and I'm gaming against one of the kids who happened to crawl out of bed and decided to come up to the store. So we're having a nice quiet game and all of a sudden a guy comes walking into the store and he's got a uh, like a toolbox because a lot of guys would carry their armies around in toolboxes back in the day. And he comes in and th- he looks like a um, he looks like something out of a Misfits concert, you know, not right. that I'm judging. I'm just saying, you know, he <laughs> sure. just looked like a punk rocker guy, you know, had that look. He had the chains on, you know, and everything, the whole thing, you know, the whole look. I'm used to it because, you know, I grew up in the 80s. I like him right? already. Yeah. <laughs> He goes over to this table and he opens up his stuff and I just happened to glance over and he's pulling out um, corn demons, the old metal corn demons, the ones that had the axes. And so as I'm sitting there, I see the kid that I'm playing kind of wince and I turn around and I look at this guy because my back was to him and he's cutting his thumb with an exacto knife (laughs) and he's squeezing the blood from his thumb into the red paint into the, into the red corn paint. As he's doing this, he is literally saying, and I'm not exaggerating. He is literally saying blood for the blood God. And he's using that voice and he keeps saying it over and over and over again. (laughs) Now, you know me, you can imagine the look that is on my face. Well, the store owner saw that we were looking in that direction. So out of curiosity, the store owner comes over and looks around the corner and sees this guy putting his human blood into the red paint. And the store owner kind of has the same reaction that we did. And he yells at this guy and he goes, get the F out of my store. You crazy. And then of course, expletive deleted. and. The guy looks up at him like what, like, what did I do? What's wrong? And he goes, <laughs> you're putting blood into your paint? He's like, get out of my store. And this guy takes his stuff, doesn't even react, just takes his stuff, puts it calmly back into his tray, closes up his little toolbox thing, and walks out of the store. <laughs> now, folks, there's something you need to know about me. I am a magnet for freaks. If there is a psychopath, a a lunatic, a freak of any kind, they will find me in a crowd of 10,000 people and they'll come straight to me. I am a magnet for these people.
1: Folks, there is a lot of truth to that statement. And and I don't know what it is.
2: I don't know what it is, why it is, but I'm telling you, this and, and this story about the guy who's putting blood into his own paint is just, like, not even the surface of some of the crazy things. And one—I have decided we're going to have a show one night, and we are going to talk only and exclusively about our funniest things that have ever happened to us in this hobby. Done.
1: That's going to happen. Yeah. Done. We're going to
2: make that show because, folks— I don't just have a few stories. I have like a book worth of stories about the crazy <laughs> crap that I've seen in this hobby for the past 25 years.
1: Yeah. You know what? And, and that one may, that might be a good one to have some folks on the show just to kind of share their, oh, their crazy stories.
2: Yeah. It, because believe me, we all have them.
1: Well, I, 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 you're a hard act to follow on that one. I mean, I have one, uh, years ago. I mean, this was, uh, this was at the very beginning of eighth edition. I was playing my high elves as a matter of fact. And we were at the old battle bunker, um, just outside of Chicago here. And uh, we were all we were all getting ready to, to to play. And there was a there was all the old crew that was there. You know, we you know you and I were there. And um, this guy had seen me taking my high elves out of the case, and I was you know placing them on my rank and flank. And we were getting ready to to get a game. And he comes over to me and he says, uh, he says, "Oh, you, you you're an elf player, a high elf player." And I said, "Yeah." I said, uh, "You know, how are you? Nice to meet you. You know, you're going to be cordial to the guy." And the guy was a the guy was a big dopey looking son of a bitch. He was a big guy, <laughs> and um, he, uh, he 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 said, uh, he said, "Yeah, you know, I I play high elves too. I, I love them. How long have you been playing them?" I said, "Oh, I you know I picked them up. You know, I got an Island of the Blood box set and talked to them about it. And my son plays Skaven and all that kind of good stuff. And yada yada yada, right?" So with that, he says uh he goes, "Well, who who who's your favorite? Who's your favorite character?" Well, at that time, ironically enough, we keep bringing up old Altharian the Grim, but I was using the high elf lord on a griffin that came in the Island of Bloodbox as Altharian the Grim. And we got talking about the story of you know, the, how he lost his eye and his wife and child that died. And that whole story arc with the, the you know, the goblins and his yeah. revenge against, and how the goblins had fear, you know, against him and, or terror, I'm sorry. They had terror against, that was one of the rules in 8th edition at that time. And uh, he says, oh, he goes, I, 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 you know, he mentioned something about one character he liked. I was half-heartedly listening because, you know, it took you back then, it took you 45 minutes to set up a freaking army on the table. Remember those? I mean, those were the days. Oh, yeah. And all of a sudden, I'm half paying attention to him. He's kind of yammering on about his high elves and whatever else. And all of a sudden, he says, But, you know, I do. I, I pray to Anarian. So I kind of gave him like a half cocked look. You know, because, folks, who Anarian is, he was a, an elven god, a uh, high elf specific elven god or deity in, in, the first, in the meta. The first
2: king of the yeah, high yeah,
1: elves. Yeah, that's what, yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, first king. And so he goes. I I pray to Anarian, and I kind of half cocked listened to him and said, "Okay, you know, sure, that's that's fine." He goes, "No, I, you know, who, you know, do do you, do you?" And I kind of looked at him and I said, "What?" And he goes, "Well, I pray to Anarian, and and folks, pardon my French, but I got I got to end with this." I just went, "Get the fuck out of here!" What are you talking about? And he looked at me like I just crapped in his shoes, and you know. And I looked around and a couple of them, I'm not going to mention the name, but, you know, my son, one of them, a couple of the kids, a couple of the guys were, with, they started laughing because I was literally like. You... Oh, it was more than just laughing. I was like, what the hell's that? But then, of course, I, from what I hear after the guy left and I kind of felt a little bad, you know, because the guy he was
0: an odd duck. yeah.
1: But everyone was like, oh, yeah, he he, he he's he's told that story before. But, yeah, I, I pray to Anarian. So I can't I can't beat the blood for the blood God story, which that is a great. That's one of your many great stories, by the way, which we have to do that show.
2: We have Oh, to. yeah. Yeah. That, that's a show that needs to happen.
1: Well, good stuff. Well, this has been a good show itself, man. We, we've covered a lot, man. I felt we've really kind of twisted uh, a lot uh, out of the old bar rag here as far as topics. Um, it's been a good one. So you got it, man. We're at the closing thoughts. It's, it's, it's yours tonight.
2: Yeah. So, well, folks, you know, tonight I want to close out the show with talking about planning effectively for your next army. I know that for some gamers like myself... You know, I'm content with the army that I have. But the question is, are the guys you game with content with the army that you have? You know, I think sometimes we forget that monotony is the death of friendships, relationships, and gaming groups. As much as a guy may, you know, love his Nurgle host, not everyone wants to play against it week after week after week. So I think we need to heed the rule of two. Each gamer should always endeavor to have two armies at all times. It's also important that you switch these armies either bi-weekly or monthly. This provides, you know, your opponents with a wider variety of armies and it gives them the beneficial practice that they are truly seeking. It also ensures that the general mental health of your gaming group by taking a proactive stance against that dreaded monotony and boredom. So, you know, if you know that you have an army that's on the horizon, start planning for it now. Most armies we know that are at 2K cost about 600 to to $1,000. If your cash flow is limited, start saving 100 or 200 a month. Or, you know, if your army is already released, maybe pick up a box or two piecemeal. Whichever route you take, be ready and be sure that the army you're about to buy Is an army that you want to play. And folks, I can tell you, I have a graveyard of armies that I've started but never played because I didn't take the time to be mentally invested in that army. So here's my, you know, here are my final thoughts slow and steady wins the race. So don't be that goofy rabbit sitting under the tree sleeping while your more committed uh, opponents pass you by be ready both financially and fanatically when it's time to start that next army and be the best opponent you can be with your dynamic duo. And that's my closing thought.
1: I like it, man. I like the concept of two armies. I I think that not only inadvertently it's going to make that person running those two armies, whether it be every other month or however, they're going to do it a better gamer, because it's going to help you understand the dynamics of the different rules. Sometimes they get caught in the minutia of their own rules, right? Well, yeah,
2: and sometimes people also get caught in the fact that just because I love my troll army doesn't mean the guy that I'm playing against does. Good point. And I have to understand that, and I have to, you know, have a second army to switch it up once in a while so that that person feels that they're getting the most out of their gaming time.
1: Good one. Yeah. Nice job, man. Nice job. But, you know, folks, before we close the show, I want to make a special announcement here. Stay tuned because next week's show is going to be a special one. Not going to tell you who, uh, but before we end the show, I wanted to make an announcement uh, because next week we are going to have a very special guest joining us on the show. So stay tuned for that. Uh, It's going to be a little bit of a different format. We're going to carry the show a little bit differently. Uh, But this is a great person in the community, and uh, we're very excited to have this person on the show. So stay tuned for that.
2: Yeah. Yeah. We're all looking forward to it.
1: Good deal. Well, um, that's it then, man. We 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 better be done. We're over our time limit, man. These people are gonna, you know, they they got stuff to do. They're they're late for the couch with all this uh, pandemic going on. (laughs)
0: Late for
1: the couch? (laughs) You mean late for bed? Yeah, they're they're late for the living room. All right. Now let's uh, let's close it up, man. Steve, great show tonight.
2: You too, man
0: dark live we would like to thank you for slumming it through another show with us for all things dice dragons demons and a dwarf in the age of sigmar worlds we'll be back live next thursday so until then remember roll them dice fun and fair and don't be a freaking short dance if you missed the live show you can catch us again right here on the next Grimdark dark live podcast Never fear, gang! There'll be more great content from Grimdark Live throughout the week with Monster Mondays, Table War Tuesdays, Warhammer Wednesdays, Grimdark Crutch matches, and a ton more. So stay tuned and stay grim, all you dice-chucking, glue-sniffing gamer goons. You're all awesome. Looks like I picked the wrong week to stop sniffing glue. Remember, embrace the main message here from Grimdark Live, and that's a social contract we have between gamers and the commitment we have to each other and this community. We're only as good as our last game. Check us out at GrimDarkLive.com. Don't forget to give our channel a like or subscribe if you haven't already done so. So long, GrimDark Goons. Until next time, may the dice gods bless you and your sweaty palms. Bye.